Hello everyone. Welcome back to your favorite podcast Brain Roast with Dr. HPM. Today I have a very special guest with me to talk about the buzzing word ChatGPT. So I have with me Dr. Avneesh Khare. Hello Dr. Avneesh, how are you doing? Hi Dr. Hara, I am good. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so audiences uh, if I jump to his introductory part it's actually very long but uh, to summarize he's actually a trained physician and uh, t- uh, did his residency back in 2011 and finished in 2014 from Rajasthan from one of the premier colleges that is uh, SMS Jaipur and he's a trained uh, anesthesiologist and critical care physician. Uh, also he finished his MBA in hospital administration and health system management. Uh in 2018 to 2020 and he did it from Bitspilani uh, other than that currently he's working on multiple ai projects teaching students on various master classes and additionally working on the research aspect also so he's associated with some of the premier personalities in the ai space and also part of some communities a bit the brainx that some of you might be knowing and he's also guiding a lot of uh, physicians who are uh, trying their uh, you can say career process changes and uh, trying to leap into uh, ai in medicine from a clinical side of things so it's always a pleasure to have uh, such eminent personalities thank you dr avinash for accepting our invitation thank you thank you dr hara for such a nice introduction and i am really happy to be here yeah yeah so uh, dr avinash if i talk about your transition exactly uh, to you can say ai uh, so in couple of sentences can you briefly tell us that what was the nick of time what was the pivotal moment when you decided that i need to be a part of this historic moment that is ai happening in the healthcare space uh, so i was in uh, dubai i was working as a physician and that is where i came in touch with a lot of uh, medical data in the form of electronic medical records and we used to fish every day from from those records and try to find out the relevant data for the patient that we are looking for and that is when i uh, came to realize that there must be some easier way of doing this and uh, some better way of using this data for improving patient outcomes and that is uh, when i started searching uh, about the things and i came in touch with something interesting which was happening at that time was people were starting to talk about artificial intelligence and then when i uh, yeah and then when i delved deeper into it i was fortunate enough to come in touch with uh, my mentors in artificial intelligence and that is where the whole journey started yeah yeah absolutely so to uh, you can say backdate going backwards i still remember it was the date of 30th november 2022 when something historic happened that is a chatbot named chat gpt was launched by open ai so that's uh, the something we are going to talk in detail uh, so uh, dr avnish uh, what exactly is uh, chat gpt uh, so can you briefly tell about uh, it for our audience yeah this is a really uh, great moment in history when we are uh, witnessing the rise of something like chat gpt so uh, to summarize chat gpt is a large language generation model uh, in short it is called llm and it is developed by a company called open ai which is headed by Elon Musk and this chat gpt is like a chatbot uh, an ai chatbot that can generate human like text in various languages and formats so this is chat gpt in one line yeah yeah uh, so uh, a lot of people ask that uh, there is something called gpt in this chat so what exactly is a gpt hmm. 
so uh, uh, i i think our audience must have heard about different types of uh, artificial intelligence models one of them is called the neural network uh, which uh, mimics the human brain and and in that there within that there's a model called as transformer model so gpt is basically a generative pre transformer that is a full form and it's type of a transformer model which is again a type of neural network and it is highly effective for uh, nlp or natural language processing tasks that is a domain of ai where we uh, we, uh, we handle the uh, text and speech uh, functions of uh, artificial intelligence mm-hmm. yeah it was a great you can say brief introduction about uh, this big thing happening in the history of ai uh, doctor what do you think uh, i have heard from lot of sources that chat gpt has got a very large size and uh, if you compare with something called wikipedia which most of the audience have been using since a long time it's something around 10000 times the size of wikipedia so can you tell about the kind of data in on which it has been trained how much uh, terabytes or gigabytes it is based on yeah so uh, if you look at uh, the size of the parameters it's really humongous and it's around 175 billion parameters and uh, that is a data set of 380 terabytes if you can imagine and uh, this is mostly books articles and websites uh, so you can say that chat gpt is trained on the internet data till 2021 uh, so that is the size of data we are talking about yeah yeah Uh, a lot of fine tuning has also been done so can you tell mm-hmm. more about it yeah so basically um, chat gpt has been fine tuned for various tasks like uh, one of the, uh, the most common is question answering uh, which we are using it right now the other other uh, tasks are language translation so it has been trained on languages like chinese french german spanish italian portuguese uh, dutch and many more apart from english and it is also used for generating uh, creative writing uh, a, a lot of content creators have been using it uh, lately then poetry i have seen even some doctors writing poems about uh, uh, medicine from on chat gpt and sharing on social media and one of the most interesting things is that it is also uh, able to write code Uh, for example if you tell it to write a short uh, code for a program on some function then uh, it gives you the code in real time that's really interesting and uh, lastly it continues to learn and improve it's not that uh, it is limited to the data set it is trained on but uh, even the feedback which we are giving is like acting like a sort of a feedback in improving chat gpt Mm-hmm. definitely it's like uh, a small child growing up improving mm-hmm. and getting all the milestones so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so uh, dr avnish uh, do you think that uh, the kind of buzz that is there in the society both in the virtual space of social media and also in the reality when we meet uh, people in and around us so why so buzz is around this topic Yeah so uh, the main uh, reason for this buzz is that uh, for the first time in uh, human history uh, the common public has been exposed to something uh, um, like such a powerful tool like chat gpt which can generate like highly coherent and fluent uh, human like text if you have used it yourself you must be knowing that uh, uh, it can have a great potential for a lot of industries and that is why all those industries and entire humanity has got 
interest in in such a chatbot in such a small amount of time uh, if we talk about the time uh, i would like to give you a context like netflix took uh, uh, 40 months to reach 1 million users and uh, followed by twitter in 25 months facebook in 10 months but if you talk about chat gpt then it took less than a month to reach 1 million users and that shows the Uh, like like the amount of interest that is coming up in chat gpt yeah yeah so uh, personally i have seen chat gpt being used as a research paper writing and people are nowadays uh, quoting chat gpt as co-author of papers mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and also it is able to generate code so how do you think uh, going forward this is going to change uh, the how we practice our different professions basically uh so basically uh, chat gpt uh, before chat gpt all the chatbots were clunky rigid and very limited in their understanding of human language hmm. but uh, chat gpt on the other hand is crafting so like uh, human like responses and even the discussion is so pleasant so i think this is going to bring a lot of change for a lot of industries especially uh like the customer service uh, aspects the um, uh, for example if you take healthcare even the patient feedback is not going to remain the same uh, the way we interact with machines uh, the human machine interaction is going to change uh, in a in a uh, in a huge way uh because what is happening is the user interface is so uh, uh, user friendly the response is in real time and uh, it's all free uh, like uh, there have been talks about the pro version but if you make such a technology available at such a large scale uh, as a free thing then it is definitely going to uh, change the in uh, the way we practice a lot of things in our profession and uh also i would like to just uh, tell our audience that there's uh, that the that the story has just begun and uh, there's a chat gpt4 on the horizon and uh, they say that it will be released sometime this year so it will be really interesting to see we are talking about chat gpt3 and how it will change things but once we have gpt4 then it is going to take the debate to an entirely different level this is how i see things agree agree So uh, just like uh, Dr. Avnish uh, told uh, the audience that it's just the beginning. It's something AI is now at the forefront, and uh, the buzz is because all the public is now use able to use something and see something happening. Earlier, it used to be a very limited part of the society, very highly trained specialist, uh, computational people mm-hmm. uh, who came to know that AI has got a lot of potential. But it's the first time uh, a DIY, that is the do-it-yourself kind of tool, mm-hmm. is out in the market, and people can explore. Uh, am I mm-hmm. correct, Dr. Ramesh? Yeah, definitely, Dr. Hara. You have uh, you have summarized it in a great way, and uh, I would just encourage our audience to. be on the lookout and uh, try to keep themselves updated in uh, uh, in this field because it's really going to change how we practice uh, a lot of things yeah yeah uh, so coming back to our main forte that is the healthcare uh, do you think uh, dr abhish that uh, the next big thing or from my angle if you ask currently the big thing that is happening in healthcare is the disruption ai is bringing in so why it is so what is the kind of disruption that is happening in healthcare with the ai coming into picture so dr hara what i believe is that uh, ai as a technology is something as revolutionary as uh, we saw electricity in 1900s and uh, it has re- really a potential to revolutionize healthcare uh, there are a lot of um, uh, areas where it can impact but the three most important areas that i see are 
improving patient outcomes uh, reducing costs and increasing the efficiency of care and these all three are the struggles um, that we are facing in our day to day practice and uh, if you see even uh, the developed world uh, the cost of healthcare is out of the roof and we are we are on the way to just uh, reaching that and we we need some technology that can help us to bring down costs and that can be done by increasing the efficiency of care reducing the errors and in uh, uh, and as a result it will definitely improve patient outcome agree agree uh completely i relate to the same uh, additionally to add few more pointers drug discovery is something because i come from a clinical pharmacology and drug development background so earlier it used to take somewhat around 12 odd years now with ai coming into picture the current potential is we are getting from a molecule screening some molecule and getting into you can say live uh, patient care uh, after the phase 4 trials is taking 4 years 4 to 5 odd years and with ai improving further this time period can be brought down to somewhat around 2.5 to 3 odd years so it's wow. actually very you can say promising definitely uh, also dr avnish uh, how do you think the, because in healthcare uh, we have a lot of uh, repetitive tasks happening for example if i tell in a daily ward practice we have uh, nurses and paramedical staff taking the repetitive vitals noting it down getting into the health records our uh, junior doctors making multiple repetitive tasks so do you think with remote monitoring coming into picture telemedicine coming into picture and on top of that ai as a layer can completely change the you can say scenario and all these repetitive tasks will be automated down the line uh, definitely dr hara you are right and i see those things happening and already as a part of my annual review for the brainx community i am reviewing papers and i am really seeing uh, some tasks being auto- automated uh, uh, real fast uh, for example detecting uh, uh, detecting errors in the documents and preparing the documents for insurance claims uh, uh, writing patient summaries and reports because all these things uh, take up the valuable time of the physician uh, from the bedside of the patient and many times when we are taking the round what is going on in the back of our minds is the amount of paperwork that we are going to do after finishing the round so instead of that i think uh, what we should be focused on as doctors is is my patient doing well of course we 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 are focused on that i'm not saying that uh, we are not uh, doing that but the thing is that it um, divides our mind and our focus into uh, the areas which require a lot of repetitive work and uh, boring tasks which can be easily automated by ai and many other industries are doing it already so it's it's only about uh, it's uh, i i would say it's a question of uh, uh, when and not a question of if if you can uh, uh, yeah. uh, if if you, if you can understand that so it's it's going to happen definitely yeah yeah good good so uh, if i talk about large language models and transformer models because a lot of uh, our audience is not very much familiar to these terms so uh, can you tell about the kind of potential uh, these two tools have uh, in terms of as models uh, primarily in healthcare Uh, so dr hara as we discussed these models are really t- trained on um, large amount of uh, text data and language and uh, in the human language the way which we speak in so like they have a lot of potential uh, and what i would say is that uh, natural language processing which is the basic technology behind these models it is the assistant that healthcare has been waiting for 
बिकॉज वी ऑल नो दैट दो टास्क आर रिपीटेटिव दो टास्क आर बोरिंग दो टास्क आर नॉट क्रिएटिव इनफ फॉर अूमन बींग टू पुट देयर टाइम इन एंड सो दैट इज द पोटेंशियल ऑफ दीज मॉडल्स एंड टू एड टू दैट आई वुड लाइक टू इन्फॉर्म आर ऑडियंस दैट लेस देन अ मंथ आफ्टर द रिलीज ऑफ चैट जी पी टी गूगल ऑल्सो पब्लिश द पेपर अबाउट इट्स ओन लार्ज लैंग्वेज मॉडल विच इज कॉल्ड मेट पाम so yeah. now what what the difference between metpam and chat gpt is that chat gpt is trained on the internet uh, data that is the common uh, data which is available in public but metpam is specifically designed for medicine and is trained on medical data so uh, it is uh, like uh, fine tuned to the task of healthcare and that is where the potential of these models is uh, again increased because we can fine tune them to specific industry and we can increase their uh, ability and potency in solving the particular problems of the industry so that is where i see the potential of these models coming in uh, healthcare which huge agree agree uh, additionally do you think uh, they will be assisting the physicians the healthcare staff in their regular task uh, from uh, patient care to working in the academics writing papers yeah yeah doctor as i said uh, Uh, like generating medical reports generating medical summaries uh, analyzing large amount of medical data and finding patterns which we as uh, humans like we are not creative but we are uh, not so good at uh, understanding the patterns when we are faced with large amount of data but ai is good in doing that and particularly models like chat gpt for example if you give a, um, uh, a written uh, paragraph or uh, a, a paper and tell it to summarize it in four or five lines uh, it is very good at doing that and uh, that is where i see uh, these models uh, really assisting uh, doctors and making a difference on the ground yeah yeah definitely and uh, similarly i think uh, with uh, it's like uh, just you mentioned it's a matter of time that fine tuning will be happening and more are uh, more and more experts will be joining the fields and mm-hmm. a lot of going to change uh, both in terms of uh, how we practice clinical medicine and simultaneously how we get trained as medicals in our medical professions in our residency as well as in our med schools correct definitely. dr abhinesh definitely dr hara uh, things have to change and we have to keep face with the times uh, i know it's really disruptive and i can really f- uh, feel how the people in 1900s were feeling with the advent of electricity and things changing uh, around them so rapidly uh, so uh, but i really believe that the only way is the way forward and uh, i think we have to do it yeah yeah uh, also to talk more about it a lot of our audience is primarily in med schools and some of them are also started their residency uh, usmle plab uh, neat pg are something they prepare about uh, recently mm-hmm. a paper was published that chat gpt has solved lot of licensing exams starting from radiology board exams and recently usmle as well Uh, what do you exactly mm-hmm. think about it uh, should we change how we get trained uh, in our medical education and if yes then how we need to change the kind of teaching you yourself has been taking a lot of ai master classes working as a consultant for few of the startups simultaneously working for some ai communities as well so on a broader perspective how you look at these things happening in and around yeah dr hara so i went through that paper and it's really very interesting uh, development uh, but then again my uh, belief is that uh, chat gpt and the technology which ai brings is just a supplement to the traditional methods and uh, 
it can be used to make the medical education more effective but it cannot be a replacement for the way we are taught and the soft skills that are imparted to us uh, so definitely things are going to change and uh, we have to devise new methods uh, but uh, the traditional things that have been from time immemorial in the medical uh, system uh, of education those things need to be integrated with the new technologies instead of being replaced uh, some of the ways in which this can be done is that uh, first thing is to train the trainers because uh, the the teachers uh, themselves are not exposed to such technologies it's not their fault uh, it's just that the times have changed so first we need to train them uh, we need to decide how much uh, information about ai has to be imparted in as part of medical curriculum because that should not affect the other important things like clinical diagnosis part because our medical curriculum as you know is already uh, so much uh, cluttered and and uh, there's very li- little time and uh, space for doing something else so we need to pick and choose and then train the trainers and then uh, impart the knowledge to students of course uh, saying this uh, it is not uh, uh, imperative to uh, give le- less emphasis on critical thinking part because that's uh, what makes us more human and uh, that is where the whole creative process of medical science begins uh, of course we have to adapt to the new technology uh, we have to uh, train the medical students how to work with new technologies and most important how to use them effectively because uh, as you have seen in chat gpt you can generate uh, something just by giving a single line prompt but then again uh, a person who gives a better prompt gives gets a better result so so that is where the effective use of ai comes in and whole and this field and, and this actually reminds yeah. me of something called uh, garbage in garbage out there is a famous yes. uh, you can say saying in data science that if you uh, put garbage then you get something yes. out of that so actually it's absolutely you can say very promptly quoted by you that students should understand how to use the tool yeah definitely mm-hmm. and in addition yeah. to that uh, you mentioned a lot of things regarding critical thinking and emphasizing mm-hmm. on that part personally dr avnish i feel that going forward any job in which troubleshooting is a part of job description Mm-hmm. empathetic thinking and uh, people management is there in those jobs ai can't replace completely because ai Definitely. can't ai can't manage people ai can't make people comfortable troubleshoot things it can only think do the things which are in a format which is very much you can say uh, qualified and quantifiable where well, that's why i often say to the students and my colleagues that if your job description is very crystal clear on a written paper and on in a day and day out you are almost doing the same thing then your job is at stake but oh. if you are jd yes. something you yourself are quite confused that what exactly you do when somebody ask you that uh, this and this this person a what do you do in your office and you are quite confused that what exactly to say i manage people i hire people i make balance sheets i simultaneously go for international client meetings i simultaneously troubleshoot uh, technical issues those kind of job roles are not going to be soon replaced that's what i personally feel any take on that definitely definitely i agree with you dr hara and to add to that i would say that it's uh, now a time to be a better generalist than to be a hyper specialist because definitely uh, definitely i yeah, love when, this statement when, yeah can yeah, you please so repeat and emphasize it more i love this statement yeah, so, actually yeah so basically the time now is to be a better generalist than to be a hyper specialist because if you are a hyper specialist your tasks are very narrowly defined 
and you are doing the same tasks every day in and day out but when you are a generalist you are exploring new ways of doing things every day and uh, of course uh, when you said that uh, uh, like uh, uh, using ai uh, Uh, in a, in a, in a way like it's it's going to be really good to see how we use it creatively but but then i would like to say that see getting to medical diagnosis is one thing but then conveying the diagnosis to the patient and and explaining the treatment plan and why we are doing what we are doing this is an entirely different ball game which requires human touch and that is where i don't see ai replacing human beings Uh, for a long long time to come if you are talking about artificial general intelligence or super intelligence those are fictional things right now but i don't see uh, those tasks being replaced by ai so that is where we as human beings should focus more on yeah yeah definitely uh, this talk was actually very you can say out of the box and uh, coming to the data analysis part uh, what's your take on that Yeah, so what I feel is that uh, this is my personal experience. When I was in uh, Dubai, uh, before going there, I was hardly exposed to any digital data, but uh, but uh, I was able to see the huge transition from paper to electronic medical record, and then I realized that I don't have skills. to utilize this data or to make sense of it or or to just uh, get some better insights for my patient from this huge sea of data uh, so this training is lacking in our medical curriculum because uh, uh, because the technology has changed so fast and again the the point of training the trainers uh, becomes important so i think more data analysis skills and tools and maybe many no code tools now which are available should be a part of the medical curriculum where we are exposed to data and data analysis in early part of our medical career that would be a huge boon in uh, understanding the potential of data and uh, developing good data practices uh, in the long run yeah definitely i want to uh, stretch a little bit on this part uh, dr avnish you mentioned about no code so for the audience uh, what dr avnish is trying to say is that a lot of times uh, very highly skilled set people can only do very highly skilled work for example web designing or graphic designing or video editing but with coming of so much easy tools for example godaddysite.com or canva coming up or a lot of uh, softwares for video editing uh, we don't need to be that much skilled enough uh, that actually leverages your passion to learn that process and it doesn't discourages you in the first step itself so no code is something that is being encouraged nowadays and personally as a medico i also feel that uh, our med schools uh, in india at least should start implementing these and uh, let the students explore so that they can learn a little bit and simultaneously whosoever develops a passion can take it as a career option also uh, dr avnish don't you think that uh, uh, outside india the med school students are nowadays directly jumping into digital health ai uh, not going into the residency route but in india generally people are not that much uh, confident enough to make a career out of it how do you think about it yeah so uh, being exposed to a global audience uh, as i'm a, uh, like a mentor on banabu platform which is in the uk Uh, I see a, a huge difference in the mindset of uh, foreign graduates and the Indian graduates, and 
although although that uh, difference is decreasing but uh, there i see a lot more receptive uh, attitude towards someone uh, going into medical technology and i i, I have also seen uh, some societies which are there uh, uh, in the medical colleges like the uh, university of nottingham uh, medtech society and it's entirely run by the medical students so before even coming out of mbbs uh, like there they call it the md so the student is exposed to medical technology uh, in a big way and they are even working with startups this concept is something new for india uh, but but i see the change happening and the sooner the better uh, it will be for us uh, that yeah. is how i see it yeah definitely uh, now coming back uh, chat gpt we have discussed a little bit regarding writing papers but uh, to have a deep dive into it what's your exact opinion how clinical research academic writing are going to change because if i talk about uh, indian mindset mostly if you you can say make something compulsory then people don't respect the kind of quality that needs to be there if i talk about the md thesis or writing research paper as a part of promotions in the career of a faculty in a medical college people are not doing it as a virtue they're doing you can say as a force so how do you think with chat gpt coming into picture these things are going to change so uh, what i feel dr hara is that things are going to uh, change like uh, entire like it's going to be an entire different landscape and i was recently uh, reading a paper where uh, chat gpt was quoted as a co-author and this is something uh, which has uh, which has both sides of uh, to the coin it can be something which can be highly beneficial for medical research but as you said on the other hand for someone who is just doing medical research for the sake of doing it it can be misused uh, and 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 again uh, as we say uh, the medical literature can become uh, filled with garbage uh, 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 that that's that's how i see it uh, yeah. but what i would say is that for um, for the proper use of chat gpt in uh, in medical research i think uh, there are many uh, areas where it can help like uh, for example in generating the initial drafts because uh, we all know that uh, writing on a blank paper is uh, really difficult uh, so and that is called the writer's block and that is where chat gpt comes in and gives you a sort of a outline or a basic thing to build upon so that is where i see uh, one one step where chat gpt is going to help then again uh, after you write a paper maybe you want to maybe write a better version of it or you want to summarize some parts of it or you want to compare different approaches that is where again chat gpt with strengths comes into play uh, third third thing is with data analysis and uh, identifying patterns and trends in large data sets that is what chat gpt is very good at uh, and of course lastly in in delivering the content to the uh, to the wider global audience in uh-huh. a uh, in a format that is easy to read and in multiple languages so these are the four areas in the entire workflow of uh, writing a research paper where i see chat gpt making a huge impact but then again uh, uh, with every technology there comes uh, uh, good use and bad use so it depends entirely upon us how we utilize this and uh, improve the medical literature instead of degrading it 
yeah yeah because actually the medical literature is like a pool and if you don't care about it and we start filling it with bad quality content then automatically the things will be very bad and with now ai coming into picture the same story of garbage in garbage out will be uh, landscaping yeah uh, i, I uh, agree with you uh, dr nara just uh, yeah. to add to that uh, point because what we are filling the medical literature right now into the pool that is going to be used to train the future ai hmm. and if we if we fill it with garbage right now and 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 it's uh, it's full of biases then we will get ai only as good as what we fill in hmm. so that is a very uh, huge area of concern uh, with more and more democratization of data and ai i think we need to uh, develop proper data literacy and uh, proper data hygiene uh, the word which i just say to, uh, hmm. and that can start right from the medical school itself yeah yeah uh, this is a, this brings me to a very important point that uh, dr abhish has uh brought to light and picture uh we need to talk about data hygiene data quality as well as something called ethics around data so it will be a separate part of conversation uh because there is not much scope uh but these are some things which is a cause of concern uh, currently in the uh, digital health space right dr abhish yeah definitely dr ara and and we can see that a lot of uh, investors are now uh, asking for uh, the proper studies and proper data before before uh, pushing it any uh, pushing in any more money uh, this has uh, changed over the last few years and if you want to develop medical technology in a good way uh, and get good investment then you have to be really robust with your data and uh, and, and and handling part of it mm-hmm. absolutely uh, also uh, there has been recent news that some foreign universities and academic institutions have banned the use of chat gpt so uh, because the students have their own perspective or exploration uh, so how do you think and perceive it so um, uh, see dr hara i think it's uh, quite understandable that uh, the way things have been uh, like from centuries and suddenly if something comes and it disrupts it then definitely they are going to be concerned about misuse of such technology but this is my personal belief that banning something is not the solution uh, instead we should try to understand the potential benefits and put proper regulations and guidelines in place so that it is used ethically um, see with every technology there is a plus and a minus and uh, the only way humanity can progress is to uh, increase the pluses and reduce the minuses and that's the same with chat gpt if you ban it it's so easily available it's free to use and definitely the students are going to get a hand on it uh, and it is going to improve with time and it's going to be really difficult to find out if a person has used chat gpt or not to write the paper so instead uh-huh. of that we should try to educate the students educate the faculty and tell them how they can use these tools responsibly ethically and effectively so i definitely. think that would be better uh to yeah. uh, and uh, we should start conversing we should uh, start engaging in discussions and uh, try to find out the risks and benefits instead of just shutting it behind closed doors that's yeah. how i see it uh-huh absolutely absolutely uh, i also feel the same and echo the points that dr abhish mentioned i also feel that uh, banning the chat gpt is like a knee jerk reaction primarily and uh, we should actually leverage and we should understand that change is something that is the only constant uh, and uh, that's why like dr abhish mentioned uh, we need to bring in ethical policies some rules regulation guidelines sops in place so that the students uh, or you can say the even the faculties 
can use chat gpt in the academia and uh, this also reminds me something that happened uh, in the past uh, we all know the kodak moment of india uh, dr avnish do you want to enumerate on the kodak moment or uh, yeah uh, the, the kodak by you mean the camera thing yeah yeah definitely the kodak didn't accept the changes and uh, yeah. it got so, out of the market yeah yeah so it's a really interesting story and there's a book uh, called the bold uh, in which they have uh, entire chapter dedicated to it and that is when the digital photography was just coming into the limelight and the digital uh, cameras were not so efficient and uh, you must have uh, you must uh, be knowing the pixel count uh, yeah. which we started from uh, that moment kodak was uh, basically it was uh, bullish on the normal traditional photography and it had a huge uh like uh, a huge consumption it had a, it had a huge business around it and they failed to recognize the moment uh, when the transition happened because it was so subtle and the technology just pulled the rug under their feet and and now we all know uh, where kodak stands uh, uh we hardly see it in the market so that is the power of technology and that is the power of disruption and we should uh, learn from these uh, use cases in history one of them being kodak there are there are many more uh, and uh, i think that is the only way forward uh, how to remain relevant in the future yeah definitely yeah. uh so we have discussed a lot in and around healthcare in and around ai in and around chat gpt but uh, coming back to summarize in few pointers how do you feel as a whole healthcare is going to be disrupted if you talk about how we practice it uh, how we diagnose it uh, the conditions how doctors work with data and simultaneously a lot of assistance going to be happening and lot of automations that is going to come into picture can you add to these things yeah so dr hara there are a lot of uh, uh, use cases where ai is going to disrupt healthcare and we are already seeing some things on ground uh, but there are few areas which i feel they will be uh, impacted more uh, especially after ai based tools like chat gpt i think uh, more technology will be fine tuned to healthcare and uh, the use of these uh, chatbots will be more prevalent in practice of healthcare of course uh, the use will be to assist the doctors and healthcare professionals uh in a variety of tasks for example uh, summarizing the medical reports uh, supporting the diagnosis then taking patient feedback and uh, like a lot of uh, tasks that are repetitive and 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 take a lot of uh, time from the doctors uh, again uh, it will improve the speed and accuracy and it will improve the patient outcomes uh, we will be able to analyze larger amounts of data and make better and faster decisions of course as you mentioned telemedicine uh, that is going to be a game changer with ai added on top of it uh, and another uh, another uh, area which i see impacting telemedicine is the metaverse uh, and blockchain technology these are all going to uh, combine and uh, amalgamate into a entirely different uh, enabler which is going to take telemedicine to the next level uh, and overall i think it will improve patient experience it will improve the doctors experience it will help us in practicing medicine in a better and a more creative way uh, i think this is how i see healthcare being disrupted moving forwards in the next decade agree agree uh, this actually brings me to a question that a lot of our audiences is now getting frightened that uh, they prepared so long for their pre med 
some of them finish their residency some of them are working as senior consultants and they currently are after listening to all this are doubting that down the line 5 years how they are going to survive whether they will have the same job role whether they will be getting the same salary what kind of changes they need to adapt so dr avnish you have been a trainer you have your own transformed yourself from a hardcore clinician intensivist to now a ai enthusiast as well as a ai practitioner so how should medicals adapt to these so definitely uh, dr hara i can see a lot of uh, uh, like uh, fear among my peers whenever i talk to them and i and i educate them about ai and uh, there's a lot of aversion as well but then again as i uh, tell everyone that this is only poor change management uh, and uh, there's nothing to be afraid of ai because uh, ai will not replace physicians in fact physicians who use ai will replace those who don't so it's very easy to uh, stay relevant and stay in the game you have to just learn about these technologies and adapt them in your practice just like you are you are adapting to robotic surgery you are adapting uh, you are adapting to many other advances in uh, in healthcare so why not ai uh, having said that of course you have the superpower that is you have the power of critical thinking and decision making and you have the power of empathy which machines will never develop this is what i believe based on a book called uh, non computable you uh, it's a very good book you can go and read it and it tells exactly why uh, ai cannot do some things which humans do uh, day in and day out so instead of just looking at one side of the equation we should look at other side as well uh, we should stay informed about the developments in ai Uh, we should try to get knowledge about it you should we should try to get trained now a lot of training programs are available there are a lot of master classes there are a lot of people who are ready to share their industry experience uh, there's a lot of cross industry talks that are now happening thanks to uh, platforms like uh, banabo and disrupt and and there are many more if you go online and linkedin is best of them all getting connected to people networking with them knowing what they're working on being open minded uh shedding your medical ego uh, uh, not not feeling that you are not replaceable uh, these things can uh, help us in going a long way in getting adapted to the changes that are happening uh, of course the talk around ethics and limitations of ai we can only know that once we know what ai is capable of and what it is not where the human should step in uh those all things are uh, where we need to work on and, and that is how i see uh, i i don't see doctors being replaced by ai uh that is a really uh, a, a different debate and and uh, maybe there might be some interest in in propagating that thought but uh, but i am i am not of that belief and uh, i see that doctors are going to be more enabled more empowered uh, only if they are ready to learn about technology that's uh, the caveat yeah and definitely how the practice that is going to be definitely changed so learning is going to be a part of daily routine uh, also adding few uh, pointers to this is that uh, they need to work in collaboration actually uh, correctly dr avnish mentioned a lot of time medicals have a ego i will not say exactly it's a ego it's actually they think that they come from a different background they have some kind of you can say superiority or something like that they're not easily enablers and they don't easily share their problems they need to come out of it especially in indian settings where the medical schools are very 
uh, you can say uh, placed in a very close setting if you go abroad the universities are there the med school is there in front of that there is an engineering school right side of it there is a management school left side there is a history building so it's something that reminds me of uh, my university university of delhi or something like aligarh muslim university or banaras hindu university uh, dr avnish in recent past uh, has uh, completed his some of uh, his pain medicine training from there i finished my mbbs and md from uh, delhi university so i think these kind of settings and environment actually encourages collaboration and when you have collaborations you think to uh, you think uh, you speak with uh, different mindset people who come from different backgrounds who perceive things and have different opinions and challenge your thoughts that's how critical thinking develops and i think medicos it's high time that you start learning or questioning that how the things are going to change right dr avnish i agree with you dr harain just to add to your point i think the traditional conferences which are happening now especially the specialty conferences i think they should have an entire session on this maybe with they can incorporate some hackathons with the, with the cross industry collaboration i think those are going to take us far forward than just discussing what we are already doing in our specialties that is what i would like to add to your point yeah yeah uh to sum it up uh, we are almost in the last leg of this podcast uh, what are your messages uh, to the society at large because i know that our podcast is quite uh, medical focused but end of the day we are human beings and we after our professional hours we are back as a human working in our day to day life interacting with non medical people so what's your message dr avnish so dr harad what chatgpt has done more than any other thing is that expose the entire society to ai and its power so now we it's it's high time to talk about ai as an entire society and uh, this is where i would like to again emphasize that uh, these technologies have potential to revolutionize all the sectors uh, and entire society uh, that we live in but it is really important to ensure that these technologies uh, which are very powerful are used ethically and in a way that benefit uh, the society as a whole Uh, it is important to understand the limitations and potential biases and use those technologies responsibly and effectively uh, we need to uh, reduce the misuse we need to put proper guidelines and regulations in place uh, i think the most heavily regulated industry is the nuclear industry but i see ai industry as crucial as nuclear industry to be regulated and uh, of course as ai tools become more prevalent in healthcare i think it is important for society to invest in the education and training of uh, the doctors the trainers and the students to ensure that whatever healthcare we get in future uh, from the medical professionals uh, those medical professionals are able to effectively use that technology of course uh, all of us are going to benefit as a society at large from the improvement in healthcare uh, so we should all see it as a society uh, activity instead of just healthcare struggling with its problems so that is the uh, last message that I, that i would like to give to our audience and to think upon it and uh, act when the time is appropriate yeah yeah actually it was a great you can say big message i will not say it was a very small message but uh, to sum it up uh, guys uh, dr avnish himself has been a physician for last 15 odd years more than that almost and practicing ai almost for more than 5 years now 5 to 6 years so what he is trying to say is that a lot of change he himself has seen happening and some were very you can say enabling changes 
some you can say very pushing changes and some pulling changes what i mean by saying pushing and pulling is that some changes you yourself will want to happen and you yourself will try to adapt some will be forced upon you by your employer or through the society so at a large as a society what we need to understand is that we need to have a very open mindset uh, dr avnish do you want to repeat that statement of generalist and specialist before we wrap it up yeah i i just said that the time is high to be a better generalist than to be a hyper specialist and i think this message we should write on our whiteboards in our office and keep seeing it every day because after 5 years this is going to stare into our faces and tell us that it was always better to be a generalist than to be a specialist yeah and to add one more point to it uh, actually some big people big shots in the industry one time told me that uh, dr hara try to be a p shaped personality i asked uh, what exactly it means so they said that when you think of a t a t the alphabet in english there is a horizontal line and there is a vertical line so the vertical line actually represents the domain training you have in life the kind of education for example we both are medico so our vertical is going to be healthcare the horizontal t is actually the kind of growth you have or the kind of experience the kind of exposure you get in life you can get a management training you can get some exposure running a startup or you can have a, some social service some ngo work experience so that horizontal part of that t horizontal line comes from that so in the end in life you want to be a t shaped personality i know that uh, that t will all, uh, not always be the similar sometimes the vertical line will be bigger sometimes the horizontal line will be bigger but try to make a good balance and uh, that's how i want to sum it up and guys uh, yeah. it was uh, a great and a very big episode i know but try to uh, listen to it multiple times i seriously encourage because dr avnish took out a very precious a moment from his busy schedule and thanks dr avnish for accepting the invitation and sharing your experience uh, looking thank forward you, to exciting more episodes with you uh, in the coming days yep thank you so much i really enjoyed the conversation and i would just like to end it uh, saying that the t which you mentioned uh, the horizontal part is becoming more and more important with the advent of these technologies <laughs> so Agreed. just Agreed. Uh, leaving with that thought Yeah, so definitely definitely thanks a lot dr avnish and guys stay tuned for more such episodes in the next week we'll be coming up with next few interesting podcasts stay tuned that's it your host dr hpm signing off